This series has been a blessing to me and I've loved watching the Lord begin to do more and more. My experience has been that as a church, if you turn your attention and your focus and you open your heart to the Holy Spirit and you say, Lord, work in me more and you begin to, by deliberate uh, bent of your will, deliberate focus, respond to the Holy Spirit, be open to the Holy Spirit, He begins to move in increasing measure among the church. There is never a moment since the time you were born again that the Holy Spirit did not take up residence in you and there's never been a moment since then that He's left you. He remains in you. But there are often times when we tend to not be careful about that relationship and so He doesn't feature as a strong force in our life because we're so busy with other things. There is an opportunity for a lot of people in the world uh, Jesus told the parable about the seed. He said sometimes that seed is choked up by the weeds, uh, by the cares and the pressures of this life. And so this series and the series that is to follow this one are deliberately set out to, to remind the church, hey, 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 guys, let's turn our hearts, let's turn our affections, let's turn our attention to this very real person who lives inside the church because he wants to do amazing things. Now, it has been our experience that as a church, if you do this long enough, the Holy Spirit begins to move in ever-increasing ways among us. And, and he, he first typically starts internally with people, he rearranges priorities, he stirs desires, he aligns us and people's hearts and spirits begin to burn and long for things and I love that part of what the Lord does and then what starts to happen is he starts to break out and healings and miracles and signs begin to happen and, and people get used to that a little bit and then when they get comfortable with that, the Holy Spirit goes okay and then, then, then we see some real fun stuff and I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a happy time in this church. In this series, we've looked at this idea that the Holy Spirit lives in us individually, that you, your body, is a temple of the Holy Spirit who's been given to you. We looked in at this reality that we together are a sacred place where the Holy Spirit will dwell and that we need to take very great care uh, about this unity, that there is a, an attention, as it were, to detail. There's, an, there's a focus that I need to have that I don't injure or hurt somebody else in the body of Christ because we together form a unity and the Spirit of God wants to move among us. And uh, we looked uh, about how to engage the Holy Spirit last week in close personal relationship and how to keep that relationship going. Now, We've understood previously in the series about the fact that whenever there was a new temple that was going to be uh, initiated, God gave the plans, he set up a priesthood, he, uh, he set everything in place. When they had built it exactly as God had said, they put sacrifices outside on the altar and they stepped back and they prayed a prayer of dedication for the tabernacle. When they did that, fire came out of heaven and consumed the sacrifice. And God always initiates a new temple with holy fire, which then has to be tended by the priests that are set up in that house. The priests have to be the keepers of the flame that came out of heaven. And so that's the message today, we're keepers of the flame. So you'll see in the Mosaic temple in Leviticus 9, fire came out from the presence of the Lord. Solomon's temple, uh, fire came down from heaven. And on the New Testament church, because we are the church, we are the temple, the Bible says, on the day of Pentecost, fire comes out of heaven and settles on the new temple. 
And so it's our responsibility as priests of this new covenant, for he has made you to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God, is what the scripture says. So as this kingdom of priests, it is our responsibility to be keepers of that flame. Uh, during this winter, I, we, I love our fireplace. We have a really cool fireplace, because you just put a little gas, get the fire going, switch the gas off, and it just... I don't know what it is, the plume in our house, it works, life is good. And we love a fire. We seldom get to do it in Atlanta, but every now and again we love sitting in front of a fire. But I was working and I had something to do in my office upstairs and so I, I set the fire. Michelle was sitting downstairs, she was, oh, I love this fire. And I, it was great. And I put logs on and I went up and I got lost in, in preparation for something. And I came down about an hour and a half later and the fire had died. And there was two little pieces of log on the ends where it hadn't burned. And it just died. And Michelle was also, you know, I said, why didn't you? And she said, oh, I forgot. You know, it wasn't, wasn't a big thing. And I realized, if you don't look after fires, they die. That there is a little attention to detail that is necessary. A fire is a great thing, but you have to throw a little log on every now and again. You have to push things together. You have to sweep up, sweep away some of the ash. You have to make sure that everything's working. And uh, you can leave it a little bit, but you have to be attentive to a fire to keep it burning. In the Old Covenant, I want to just look very briefly at what, what they did in the Mosaic Temple. In the Old Covenant, God gave them uh, pictures of what they needed to do. And that's a type of what we're supposed to do. So I want to take you there, bring you through to the New Testament, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Leviticus 6, the Lord said to give Aaron and his sons. Aaron was appointed the priest. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar throughout the night till morning, and the fire must be kept burning on the altar. Verse 12, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. God said, listen, I gave you a supernatural sign of fire that came out of heaven. Now it is the responsibility of Aaron and the priesthood to make sure that that fire doesn't go out. So you got to go out. You see, one of the things we didn't realize is that the priests spent a lot of time dragging trees back to the temple and chopping them up and arranging the wood because every morning and every evening they burnt an entire lamb. That was the burnt offering. It wasn't a little candle that they had. They had a fire that could burn up a lamb. And the priest's job was to see that that was burning and the fire kept burning all night. That meant the priests had to wake up. They had shifts. Don't take on the fire, buddy. That fire can't go out. And so they'd keep that fire burning. And you know what? That meant that in the mornings, they had to just take, push a little bit of the fire to the side, clean up the altar, take all the fat that had dripped and clean that, take all the ash away. Somebody had to carry that out, bring the fire back, stock it up, pile it up, put another lamb on it. On the lampstand in the temple, every evening, the priest's responsibility was to come in and to light the lamp in that there were seven lamps, one golden piece, one piece of gold that had been hammered into the seven uh, lampstand, seven-member lampstand, and they had wicks and they had oil that fed those lamps and those lamps had to be kept burning. Go, go with me to Exodus 27. 
Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light so that the lamps may be kept burning. It's part of the tithe of Israel, part of the responsibility of the people to bring to the temple oil that would keep the lamp in the temple burning. And so Aaron and his sons are to keep the lamps burning before the Lord from evening until morning. This is to be the lasting ordinance for Israel. So every evening they would come, they would light the lamp. They would take some of the fire from the altar, which had to be kept burning. They'd bring it in and they'd relight the lamps. And they'd restock the lamps and they'd put pure olive oil and they'd put a good wick in there and they light it so that there was light in the temple from sundown to the next morning when the sun came up. They would extinguish that. They'd clean up the wicks. They'd clean out. They'd bring extra oil. It was a constant attention to detail. Let's talk about the altar of incense in Exodus 30. Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning when he tends the lamps, and he must burn incense again when he lights the lamps at twilight, so incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. Leviticus 16 tells you on the Day of Atonement, he is to take a censer full of burning coals from the altar before the Lord with two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and take them behind the curtain. He is to put the incense on the fire before the Lord and the smoke of the incense will conceal the atonement cover above the tablets of the covenant law so that he will not die. He had to go get fire from the altar. He had to put a whole bunch of incense on the censer so it would smoke, billows of smoke, so he could go into the most holy place. I want you to understand that it was the job of the priests to gather what was necessary for the incense to make sure that it was mixed in the right proportion so it was the exact incense that God required. He said, that's what I want to smell in my temple. This is the kind of light I want in my temple. And these are the sacrifices I want in my temple because when he created the temple, he required these things to be happening. And it was the responsibility of the priests to be keepers of the flame. Amen. Now let's come to the New Testament. Because somehow, somewhere, we kind of got it in our mind. God is going to zap me. Boom. And then I never have to do anything again. I've had an encounter with God. And that's going to be enough. Well, I've had many encounters with God. And all they do is leave me hungry for more. Like, you know what I'm talking about. You just go, like, I, I want to do that. Let's just build a shelter. Let's just stay right here, Jesus. Understand, Peter? This is so cool. And he goes, no, 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 that was fire. Now tend it. No, I, I don't want to tend it. Do it again. He goes, no, 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 I, I, I did it. Now you, in the meantime, tend the fire. Meditate a little on it. Bring some logs. Put some incense on this thing. Where's some olive oil? You've you got to be a little bit more diligent with this thing. You have to be a little more attentive. You have to engage yourself. So let's talk about New Testament covenant fire. In Romans 12, there's a fascinating scripture. It says, never, never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. The actual Greek says literally, be diligent. That means be speedy, have haste, uh, engage your enthusiasm to not be slothful in your zeal. Well, I, 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 I don't know the words to that song. I, I don't like the speed of that song. It's a little too cold in the church this morning for me to engage in worship. Zap me, Lord. Go, no, 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 no. No, no. 
engage. You engage. Oh, I don't want to fake anything. Bring some logs. Throw them on this little fire. You know, you don't need a massive flame to start a massive fire. Most flames that started a massive fire where somebody threw away a cigarette in Los Angeles somewhere. Right? Some careless person not paying attention and create a tremendous dam. You don't need a massive flame to start a massive fire. What you need for a massive fire is somebody to drag some logs nearby. Be speedy to not be slothful. Is literally what it says. And that, to, to keep your spiritual fervor, that in the Greek word is literally to keep yourself boiling. Uh. <laughs> so let's talk about the altar. Keep the fire burning on the altar. That's why Jesus said whenever you, you, you should take communion as often as you can. As often as you come together, you should remember me because the sacrifice that was burned for you, the sacrifice that took all the wrath of God for you, the propitiation that was in your place is the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he said, I want you to confess this death. I want you to have this uppermost in your mind. I want you to keep this fire burning. Remember everything that was done for you because if you're not careful, if you don't tend to that flame, you back away. You forget the power of the beauty of the finished work of the cross. And as, as Peter says, these people have forgotten that they've been forgiven for their past sins. It's astounding to me that people can forget. So Jesus said, remember. Keep this foremost in your heart. But it's not something that Jesus is going to come down and force you to do. You and I have to engage. We have to get, get communion. And don't just wait for church to do it. Do it with your family. Do it in the small groups. Remember this death. Because Romans 12 says, therefore, brothers, I urge you in view of God's mercy. Do you have a view of the mercy of God? Do you have an understanding of what Jesus did for you? In view of God's mercy, now offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Well, I, I don't know what to bring. Bring yourself. Step up onto the flame. Lord, here I am. Would you burn in me today? Would you work in my life? Would you let your fire take hold of my thoughts and burn up anything that's not good and, and, and set ablaze anything that you love? The lampstand. We know that the, the word says, his word is a lamp to my feet. And so this is constantly all over scripture. You'll find it in everywhere. But Hebrews 10 says, let us... Consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good needs and not give up meeting as someone in the habit of doing. But encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Can I just say, one of the best ways to kill a fire is to separate it. Take a burning coal, put it 20 feet away from the fire. It will die long before the fire does. And one of, the, one of the subtleties of COVID is that it gave people a valid reason to separate the body of Christ. And now the problem is some people who are separated from the body of Christ who haven't been daily encouraged are now getting their hearts hardened by sin's deceitfulness are now going, well, I don't need to go back to church. The candle was seven altogether made out of one piece of gold. 
There is light that comes. There is something that we need to do and it comes together. We need to, to be, the word of God is the light, but we need to study the word together. Many times we sit in a meeting and, I, and somebody else will bring a scripture and, and there's just a take on it that settled in their hearts and they say it and I go, wow, yeah, very cool. The word of God, you know, if you, if you, if you cut the heads off matches, I'm talking to the boys, the girls won't understand this, but the boys will understand this. <laughs> cut the heads off matches and you throw them in the fire, there's little sparks. <laughs> That's what reading the word of God is like in a crowd. Just little explosions of revelation going off. Fire. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it's our responsibility. It's your responsibility to come together with God's people to be in his word. They devoted themselves to fellowship, to the apostles' doctrine, to the breaking of bread. And much grace was upon them all and miracles were breaking out. Why? Because these people were just bringing logs. Everybody dragged a log in the door and said, where's the fire? Here you go. Stuff was going on in the early church. Keepers of the flame. How are you doing as a flame keeper? The incense. Psalm 141, let my prayer be set forth before you as the incense lifting off my hands like the evening sacrifice. Revelations 5 talks about this incense, the prayers of the saints which are poured out into a bowl and then it's poured out in front of God. It's like an incense, it's a fragrant offering. The prayers of the saints, golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now just like the old temple where it was the duty of priests to ensure that there was enough wood and fire on the altar. Enough pure oil for the wicks and the lamps and enough properly mixed ingredient for the fragrant offering of incense. It's our responsibility to offer ourselves, to offer our worship, to offer our thanksgiving, to offer encouragement to the rest of the body, to be in the word of God together, to be praying together. It's our responsibility to be keepers of the flame in our own life. And the simple truth is, some people do this well, and they're on fire. It's just a thing of beauty. And some people don't. And they're going, zap me again, Lord. And I'm not sure that zapping them again is the answer. Although I like being zapped. That's zap me again, Lord. Because, yeah, um, why don't you just drag some logs onto what you've already got? If you wake up in the morning, you've been camping, and last night there was a raging fire. This morning there is just a bunch of coals, and you scrape the coals together and you blow on them a little and you add a little kindling, you can start the fire again. Let me tell you quickly nine things that I think are going to help. Say, so Greg, this is great. I'm in. I want to be a keeper of the flame. Give me details. Talk, talk, and talk quick because I have to because I want to get to letting you spend some time with the Holy Spirit. Number one, dwell in the word personally and with others. Why? Because the word of God is like a little matchstick head and you spend some time with it, it'll ignite and you'll feel that revelation stir in your heart it'll give you a passion for something 
so that your hearts can burn with you. They walked with Jesus and he was explaining the scriptures and they said, didn't our hearts burn within us? Why? Because the word of God will do that to you. Number two, be constant in prayer. Well, I prayed last Tuesday. It's enough. No, there's a, there's a constancy. Every evening you have to bring incense. Every morning you have to light some more incense. There's a constancy to prayer. There is a need for us to be pray continually, the scripture says, and always keep on praying for all the saints with all kinds of prayers and requests, Corinthians says. Colossians, be devoted to prayer. There's an engagement here that requires a little more attention. Well, prayer doesn't really do it for me. No, well, sometimes, sometimes it's just bringing the ingredients and mixing them. Sometimes it's arranging the table. Sometimes it's cleaning the altar of incense. Sometimes it's doing some other stuff. It's not all, I didn't didn't get anything out of it. Well, it's not really absolutely all for you. Most of my prayer is for other people, for you, not for me. Number three, be extravagant in worship and devotion. (laughs) Uh, The woman who came and she she gave a, a year's worth of Perfume. How much do you earn in a year? That's how much perfume she bought. And she poured it out on Jesus' feet. And the Bible says the whole house smelled of the perfume. And it knotted Judas up. Because non-devotional people and legalists will hate this devotion. You know, you, you, that's too, oh, that's just too much. David danced in front of the Lord. Oh, that's just out of line. Lighting a tiny fire in a little coffee cup in worship. Oh Lord, this is, I, I just bring this to you. No, no, just let it burn, man. Just go for it. Just break open a little bit of space in your heart and say, Jesus, you can have it all. Number four, cooperate when the Holy Spirit moves so that you do not put out the Spirit's fire. That's what the scripture says. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. This means the Holy Spirit will come and begin to do something in your heart. Stir deep desire. And I go, and you, you and I both know that you, you go, I don't have time for this now. I can't, if I go here, I'm probably gonna end up crying. I don't wanna go. I'm just, and so you, you clamp, you. St- There's too many people around, Lord, not now. Or am I the only one? Don't do that. If you feel something the Lord's stirring, just say, okay, Lord, bring me a log. Let's, let's go. Five, keep your heart clean. I don't know any fire I've ever kept going for any length of time that didn't need some attention. Cleaning, take away the ash, move the old logs, fix some stuff. Deal with bitterness and anger and anything else that wants to grab hold of your heart. Jesus said the days are going to be so evil that the hearts, the, the love of most will grow cold. Isn't that, isn't that frightening? The days are coming, Jesus said, when the hearts of most will grow cold. Well, I don't want to be one of those. Not here. Number six, move to the center of the fire. Don't give up meeting together. 
I'm, I tell you a truth, mark my words. I, this is a faithful saying worthy of full acceptance. The people who put themselves out of fellowship do not do well spiritually. They get into error, they begin to miss God's heart, they begin to believe stuff that has got no rooting in truth. You want to stay on fire? Move to the center of the fire. Don't get to the outskirts. Well, nobody ever cared about me. Number seven, do something with a fire to make it useful. Serve somebody with your gifts. Well, I want the fire to burn. Well, then go and cook something or heat something or bless somebody with the fire on your life. Well, what's that going to do? It's going to make the fire grow. Number eight, seek out fire brands. This, this is a simple truth that there are some people who ignite your passions. When you're with them, you come on fire. You're, man, I want to serve Jesus. Who's, who does that for you? Go and make appointments with them. Go take them to coffee. Hey, can I take you to coffee? Why? Yeah, because light me up, man. So Tell me. Go find the people who ignite you. Number nine, spread the flame to others. Go and tell somebody. Go and lead somebody to Jesus. You want the fire to burn? Just tell somebody else about him. See the fire. You light this candle, you light that candle. No, there's two lights. Let them light. No, you've got a bunch of lights. You want the fire to grow? Tell somebody. I don't want to put a whole works-based thing on us because it simply not works. It's by the grace of God and, and, and Jesus is so gracious. The fire is going to burn on your life whether you're good at this or bad at this. Better if you're good at this. If you'll take some time to tend the flame that God has already started in your life, it'll grow bigger. And you'll feel him working inside of you. And he'll begin to put his longings inside of you. And he'll begin to stir what he wants in your heart and mind. Because that's what Jesus said. This, the, this is the promise of this new covenant. I'll write my law in their hearts. I'll put it on their minds. And they won't need to talk to other people. Something on the inside of you will be stirring. And I've discovered the more I turn my heart and my affection, and the more I put wood and fire and oil on the flame of what God is doing, the more the purity of the flame begins to burn, and the more I hunger and thirst for righteousness, and the more I want to be with Jesus. We're going to go to a moment now and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit just to move among us because he really just wants to minister to you. And I really believe, I feel like the Lord wants to stir desires in people, yearnings, burning desires. And there are some people in this meeting and the Lord's begun to stir those and you've, it's not been an appropriate time in your head and you've stamped them. No, not now. I feel like I just want to dare you in this time to say, okay, Lord, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my heart to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna allow this fire to burn. Because there are some yearnings that are genuinely by the Spirit of God. There are some deep convictions that are his gift to you. And some of us have been scared to let that take root because I'm going like if, if that begins to burn that's so powerful that's so deep in my spirit that so moves me I'm not sure I'll be able to control that and, I'm, and I just want to say you, you can trust the Holy Spirit to, to, to set the boundaries for you 
But there's some people in this meeting, I'm telling you this morning, the Lord wants to stir deep, deep passion. And then I'm pretty sure the Lord wants to just minister to most of us. Peace, comfort, grace, wisdom, clarity. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And I invite you to sit back, relax. You can stand up and move around. You can come sit down front if that works for you. But the point is, we're not going to take our attention and put it on other people. We're trying to just put our attention on the beautiful Lord Jesus Christ and let his Holy Spirit do what he wants in our lives. So Lord, you can have all of me. So let me pray and we're going to do that. Elders, as usual, will be free to move around. and uh, Towards the end of that time, I will just say, if, if anybody has words, because it's not just the elders, obviously we have words, there are many other people the Lord will speak to you and use, because we're all of the temple, he wants to use us. But just to save a lot of people walking around at the outset, I'm just, just stay seated for a while, let the elders just minister, and towards the end of that time, I'll just say, if you have a word for somebody, go and give it to them, because that's going to be a thing of beauty. So that's what we're going to do. Lord Jesus, so thankful you said it's better that I go because if I go, the Holy Spirit will come. And now in this dispensation, the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit is Lord, there will be liberty. So Lord Holy Spirit, we just say thank you. And with all of my heart, I say, Lord, you can have all of my heart. I trust you enough, Lord, to say, you have control. Come and minister in our hearts. So I'm praying, Lord, that all over this place, right now, you'd begin to minister to people and touch lives and speak to us in Jesus' name. Won't you just sit back, listen. The worship team will minister gently and you can just drink in the presence of the Lord.
Every chain, break every chain, break every chain. 
This is that moment if the Lord has given you a word for somebody, you're most welcome to get up and go and share it with them and share it with them gently. Um, but if the Lord has given you something for someone, let's just uh, go ahead and minister that to them. Tell them this is what the Lord says. Um, I would just like to know if there's somebody who, I just feel like the Lord wants to heal some people physically. So if you have any need of healing, why don't you stand right, right where you are. Just stand up and say, Lord, I'm trusting you for healing.
sitting near somebody, why don't you just gently put your hand on them? Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that your power will be released. Lord Jesus, purchased this, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'd execute it, and we pray. Release your healing power into these bodies. Lord, I pray for fire. People would feel your, your power healing them. I release it, Lord, into their bodies. I rebuke pain and disease of any form. I, re, I rebuke, Lord, lack of eyesight, lack of hearing. Uh, Lord, any of these things, we break it off your people and say no. But Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for the release of healing right there. Watch this. That's nice, Lord. That is good. We receive it, Lord. so that you can receive glory, Lord, that you can be honored for your name's sake. And in your name, we release healing to these people. In Jesus' name, amen.